0: It's Talking Football with Vince Tracy and Rob Daniels. So, a very good day everybody. It's the 10th of February. It's uh, a little sharp this morning. The weather isn't bad, but it's sharp. And um, I think it's probably going to go a little warmer by about midday. But... Uh, We won't be getting a lot of heat, I don't think, during the day. It'll just be pleasant. I think that's the way that we'll uh, describe it today. Um, But after our international break, I now need to get onto um, the top of the mountain and down in the car to Playa San Juan and say good morning to Rob Daniels. How are you today, Rob? Uh, Did you enjoy your winter break uh, or international break, we'll call it, and um, obviously raring to go again?
1: Yeah, hi Vince, hi everybody, I'm, I'm fine thanks and uh, like, if professional footballers need a winter break then why don't the podcasters have a winter break as well um, but it's good to be back isn't it, we've got plenty to talk about today as you say the weather um, down here is very similar to what you're experiencing um, the sky is nice and blue but it is a bit sharp outside but um, you can't complain at this time of year it's, uh, I'll go out and have a walk, like run a breath of fresh air it's not too cold to go out
0: Okay, well, we'll start off this morning by looking at a bull, a bully, uh, an absolutely idiot of a, of a footballer who basically manages to get himself on the internet, um, badly treating his cat, which is really not the most clever thing for a professional man to do, whether he's a footballer or anything else. Um, give us his name and give us the uh, the facts, Rob. Tell us what we know.
1: Right, well, Vince, anybody who hasn't heard this uh, already, the the footballer in question is called Kurt Zouma. He's a a French international, and at the moment he plays for West Ham. He's a centre-back. I think he was part of the uh, French squad that won the World Cup. But um, what he did, and it it seems to be at the moment a competition amongst footballers to see which one can do the stupidest thing. Um, There's all sorts of players doing all sorts of things. Stupid things, aren't they? Really, but what Kurt Zuma did is absolutely disgusting. Um, he was filmed by his brother um, kicking his pet cat. It looks like it's in the kitchen of where he lives or wherever they were. He was kicking it, and then um, he grabbed hold of it and started sort of like slapping it in the face. Now, I haven't watched the full video because I don't want to see animal cruelty, but I've seen um, enough to um, know what he was doing and he's admitted it himself I mean he's not hiding the fact that he did it but then um, his brother I think it must have been published it on social media and you know what it's like these days it went viral it went worldwide within sort of like the space of a couple of hours and he has had his cats taken off him by the RSPCA he's been investigated by the police to see if he actually committed any crime he's got repercussions in France as well the uh, French the French um, animal welfare authorities um, are thinking about cracking down on him. He's been fined two weeks' wages, which um, apparently is about £250,000, which is a maximum that West Ham can do internally. But um, one of the strange things about it is that David Moyes played him the other night after this had come out. And um, when David Moyes was interviewed after the match... I think he he miscalculated how big this story actually was. This story has gone worldwide, and I think David Moyes is probably not um, all that up on social media like I'm not either. But the, um, when he played Kurt Zuma um, the other night, after after the match, he he was very surprised, David Moyes. I think that the story had become so big. Um, we'll just have to see how it goes. But I mean, this this man cruelty to animals being filmed. Not uh, the best story to start off with, is it, Vince? Well, that's what's happening.
0: It's an idiot story. And there's another couple of things which are very interesting because, basically, um, he's had his um, contracts cancelled with the likes of Adidas. And also, um, apparently, the French law has changed in, I think it was 2011, and he can get up to four years' uh, imprisonment for this. So this might not be the end of it. And of course, um, you know this comes on top of the Mason Greenwood problem, where uh, the England international um, has been had up uh, regarding assault charges, etc. He's out on bail at the moment, uh, but he's had his um, sponsorship deals. And you know, the the, the prob- probably the the annoying thing for everybody is when David Moyes uh, made the comment. And he's absolutely right. He's there as the director of football. You know, he's there to run the football club and get the best way to win the game. Um, now, this really lies very, very closely to what I've tried to say for a long, long time. Since about the year 2000, when I was running my programmes with Onda Thero, and I was telling everybody that it looked to me that football thinks it's bigger than society. And I think this is where we are now at. I think a lot of people seem to think, um, quite rightly, uh, that at £250,000 for a fortnight's um, work, that um, they can do everything that they like. I mean, it's right for them to think that because the money is that stupid. Because basically, um, he's going to get maybe a £50,000 or euros uh, fine from the French FA. But 50,000, when you're getting 250,000 for a fortnight, is not a lot of money in actual fact. I mean, you're only talking about, um, you know, 20% uh, 20 of your money. So, uh, no, for me, it's it's a lot more than just mistreating the cat. Um, I think over the years we've all learned that you have to respect animals, okay? So now the question I ask myself is, why don't we have the same sort of reaction when you've got the likes of um, curers in care homes beating up elderly patients? Now, they've been on the internet ad nauseum, but because there's not a football match involved and because it's not a footballer earning that sort of money... It hasn't had the same reaction, but I'd like to see a little bit more of a reaction for things like that. The treatment of women. That's another thing that unfortunately there is a preponderance of players of a certain background to not realise that they've got responsibilities to behave a lot better, not just um, in their own comportment, but it's in the way that they treat uh their wives their girlfriends etc and also now we've seen the way people do feel about their animals so bigger issues rob a lot more going on than probably just the football side of it
1: oh definitely vincent this will have, this will have a strong backlash on kurt zuma's um career and his private life as well because anywhere that he goes um, people will be shouting him out, won't they, um, for, what, for what he's done. And he's admitted it as well, so it's not like one of these alleged kind of things. Um, the West Ham supporters actually were booing him um, when, he, when they played Watford um, and he was playing. I think the supporters of both sides were booing him as soon as he touched the ball and... Um, both sides were booing him and the uh, West Ham supporters came out with a new song, didn't they? It was, I think it was I'm for a bootin' Tiddles, <laughs> um, which sounds a bit um, tongue in cheek, which it possibly was from the West Ham supporters, but it was directly aimed at him. Um, and he, yeah, he's, he's not made any friends over this and it will have repercussions, but I think he deserves it. I mean, to maltreat an animal or to maltreat anything really any living creature but then to have it filmed and to have it put on the internet in these days i mean that really is um just about one of the most stupid things a person can do especially a person in the public eye well you, you're totally right rob
0: but there is another side of uh this whole incident which basically i'm thinking of as you're talking which is when you see uh, things going through the internet of uh, young children, I'm talking about, say, 15 or 16-year-olds, picking on somebody in a park and beating them up. And you see these things going through the internet, and unfortunately, people, um, I think this is just another part of our priorities which is not right, because, you know, as much as I obviously believe that we've got to look after the animals, then the other thing is uh, you've got to make sure that um, people, uh, children older people have all got to be looked after as well. So we'll move on from that because basically, uh, I think, you know, we've got lots of things to discuss. Uh, and we both know how we feel about it. And we go next to Goodison Park where Delhi Alley was, uh, presented to the Everton faithful by Frank Lampard. Now I have a lot of time for Frank Lampard. I quite like Delhi Alley as a player to watch. And, um, Basically, he turned up looking like he was going for Tramp of the Year uh, to some sort of ceremony to basically judge who can turn out the scruffiest. Uh, People have criticised him. Frank Lampard said it doesn't really matter because it's his football that counts. Um, What did you think of that?
1: Well, I tend to agree with Frank Lampard, actually, uh, Vince. He... If you look at the pictures of him when he turned up, he's actually wearing his own range of clothing. Now, um, Deli Ali started, I think it was about 2018, he started um, a fashion clothing um, m- label himself, w- with friends, obviously, or with people who were advising him. But it's, um, what's it called? It's called Boo Hoo, or Boo Hoo Man Clothing, it's called. And it is basically this kind of street where he he makes extra money on top of his footballer's wages by selling a lot of these truckers' hats, like he was wearing, like a it's basically like a bobble hat without a bobble, isn't it? Um, the kind of thing you imagine dustmen and people like that to wear when they're at work to keep them warm. But um, yeah, he he turned up in his in his street fashion clothes, and a lot of people, especially Glenn Hoddle, was very outspoken about the fact that he should have been wearing a shirt and tie. But um, I tend to agree with Frank Lampard. He he did look scruffy, but at the end of the day, he's a young footballer. Um, A lot of the youngsters are going to be trying to buy his uh, designer range of clothing. And he turned up feeling comfortable in the clothes that he feels comfortable in. And he basically has to show what he can do on the pitch.
0: OK, let me just um, add my two penny worth. Put my teacher's hat on for a minute. Uh, Deli Alley is like everybody else that plays in the Premier League. He's there to represent who he is and what his football club stands for. Now, I always remember when we were running the YTS scheme down at Cornwall College and we had uh, one of the students wanted to go and have an interview with Brian Clough. And um, I'd read up on what Cloughy used to do and if he hadn't got himself uh, with a decent haircut, Cloughy wasn't interested. So... I called the lad in the office and I said, look, you know, I said, I know you're a, you're a pretty good f- footballer, um, but you want to get into Na- Nottingham Forest. We've set up the interview. But if you don't get yourself a, a haircut, I'm I'm telling you, uh, Brian Clough will not be interested in, in having you. Oh, you know, he he was full of what he didn't have to do. Blah, blah, went up to Nottingham and exactly what I told him would happen, happened. And I think um, the problem really is, you see, um, let me just tell you, by the way, as you're moving your microphone up and down, it's creating feedback. So I'm sorry. All right. I'll,
1: yeah. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll keep it. I'll keep it where it is then.
0: <laughs> right. Consider yourself reprimanded.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but going going to Delhi, Alley, I mean, by all means, I think you've just identified what the problem is. The problem is uh, if he's putting out a bundle of clothes that really look as if they should be next to the bin... ...and calling them uh, a label... um, ...then really he might be better... ...keeping that side of his life... ...separate... ...to going to a football ground... ...to be introduced to people... ...who are going to... ...I don't like to use the word... ...but lots of the kids... idolise these guys... ...sorry... ...if you want to be a scruff bag... Um, then do the wonderful work that the bin refuse people do, because basically that's a very difficult job and they don't get paid a fraction of what you get paid. So the minimum you can do is turn up looking clean and tidy and like you're ready to do a job for your football club. Um, Rob, that is uh, pretty definite the way I feel about that. So I'm going to move next to the Africa Cup of Nations and um what a great event it was yes i in previous years i didn't really watch it if i'm honest um because a number of reasons a there's far too much football and b um i'm not that interested in african football but of course they've all started coming across to the premier league and uh, la liga so we're seeing a lot more of the footballers however the comment i will make is that having watched a number of the games, and particularly the final between Egypt and Senegal, I did see that it seemed to be that numbers of the players are trained to try and take chunks out of each other's legs rather than display technical ability. Um, the, The number of fouls was ridiculous. And the number of silly fouls was equally ridiculous. Apart from that, um, Sadio Mane from Liverpool excelled, um, Mo Salah excelled, and Sadio Mane, he got the, uh, the the glittering prize. Your comments on the Africa Cup of Nations, please.
1: Right, Vince, well, um, as you mentioned, I... I was aware that it went on previously but um, didn't really take very much notice but now there are so many players that we we know that play in european leagues and in the premier league lots of them in the premier league out they're african players um i did take more interest this time and you're right it is still a very physical game um a lot of the players um still play in africa and obviously they're not they haven't got the finesse, if you like, of the uh, the Premier League players because they're not used to playing at that sort of standard. But uh, the final itself between Senegal and Egypt, <clears throat> Sadio Mane shone throughout the match. Um, and he had concussion, didn't he, in a previous round we, we spoke about a couple of weeks ago when uh, he had a clash of heads and he was actually unconscious on the pitch. Yeah. And they let him carry on for an extra 10 minutes afterwards. But um, he played really, really well. He missed, he missed a penalty or he had a penalty saved um, during the match. But the match ended up uh, 0-0 after extra time, went to penalties, and it was Sadio Mane who got the winning penalty in. Now, the Egyptian penalty-taking order, it was going to be Mo Salah, who was going to take number 5 for Egypt, Um, and it was number 5 for uh, Senegal that uh, Sadio Mane took. But Salah didn't get his opportunity because they already won it with the Mane penalty. So whether or not the Egyptian manager made a bit of a cock-up with the uh, running order of the penalties. Um, If he did, it's his own fault. But yeah, Senegal won it. It's the first time they've won it. They've been in the final three times and it's the first time they've won. So, uh, good on them and yeah, it was a good match, wasn't it?
0: It was. Salah was criticised, by the way, um, by one of the pundits, I can't remember which one, former Liverpool player, I can't remember his name, and um, basically it was because uh, he reckoned that Salah wanted the fifth, the glorious uh, penalty, which could have won the tournament and therefore, you know, because it didn't get that far um, his skills were negated And um, he's got a point there, you see, realistically, what was the difference between taking the first penalty and making sure you get off to a flying start? Um, That's
1: that's that's exactly where I was going, Vince. I think it must have been between him and the manager. But yeah, Mo Salah was due to take their fifth penalty. Mm -hmm. But um, the match was all over by the stage it came to the fifth penalty, so he didn't get a chance to do it. News
0: flash, news flash, uh, just think that this is something that is as important as anything we've spoken about this morning and it regarded the match between Sheffield United and Wigan during the week. I don't know if you know this but a cat, so it is a week for the cats, the year of the cat, um, this cat got onto the pitch And obviously they couldn't play with the cat on the pitch. And uh, anyway, one of the players eventually managed to trap it and carried it off. And everybody was really delighted the way it all happened, you know, because it was a nice little interlude. This footballer looked after the cat, um, took it off. They looked after it and they found on the news that the cat had been missing for seven months and has, oh. and has been um, reunited with its uh, owner. Now, that is a nice balance to the horrible story that we had before. I thought that was a nice story that, um, you know, went well with what we had to start with anyway. Yeah, mm,
1: yeah, I, yeah, I, I hadn't heard that one, Vince. But yeah, it sounds, it sounds like a really positive story, doesn't it? And yeah, um, yeah so uh,
0: <laughs> sadly, yeah, nice,
1: nice to hear something positive, isn't
0: it? Yeah, sadly, I didn't get the name of the cat, uh, but it did look very disheveled. And it put me in mind of uh, our son's cat, which went missing for five weeks and turned up on the streets of Pollup. So, you know, cats do have a, uh, a penchant for looking after themselves. OK, we're going to move on to um, a story that's in the news at the moment. And it's to do with Wayne Rooney. And he has a book coming out, a documentary, documentary about certain aspects of his life. There were two things that I needed to get you to comment on. One is the fact that he obviously had uh, periods of very high binge drinking, which um, he has the reputation, if you remember, of going to see the ladies of the night. Um, And, of course, that bit he managed to sort of explain that uh, obviously at the age of 16, when he went to Everton, suddenly he's got all the big money, and people don't really get educated in life, in a general sense, how to drink properly. I mean, that's something that really at school, every school should be teaching fifth formers um, about, well, in fact, probably lower, third, maybe third formers in the secondary schools about how to drink. The other thing a little bit more disturbing was that he talked about Um, There was a particular time when uh, Manchester United were having to play Chelsea and it was to do with a match whereby if they uh, hadn't won, then obviously Chelsea would win the championship. And um, he changed his boots and deliberately put on longer studs uh, so that he wanted to hurt somebody. Apparently, he has written Um, this. We always have to remember is subject to somebody editing to make things look better or worse. If this is true, this was the image that we did have of Wayne Rooney. Um, he stood on um, John Terry's foot, apparently, and John Terry ended up in plaster. If that's the that uh, the, the stud was not illegal, by the way, but it just shows you the mentality of certain players who basically went out to deliberately upset and hurt other players. Now, we know um, people like Vinnie Jones have been catalogued as saying that he's done things like that, you know, and obviously you have um, a, a very famous picture of him backing into Paul Gascoigne or Cal- Gascoigne backing in and having his testicles squeeze, which, uh, you know, for those of you that haven't got testicles, I can tell you it, it's not a very pleasant uh, experience. Um Okay, Wayne Rooney um, turned a corner. I think this year in particular, the work he's done with Derby County has been really good. Apparently, he was offered the chance of going to Everton, and he didn't take it because he felt that Derby and the fans of Derby have done such a a good thing for him to allow him to try and take the, um, the club to a different level. I mean, don't forget... They should have been dead and buried by now, but he's got them uh, away from the bottom spot. I think they're about third from bottom now in the championship. So, um, yeah, very interesting. I understand what he was saying about the drinking, but I don't think that really condones it. Um, Everybody has the chance to stop drinking. If you've got the money to start drinking, you also need the uh, experience and the savvy to actually know when to stop drinking. Rob, let's have your thoughts on that one, please.
1: Right, well, yes, Wayne Rooney, um, it's a new documentary they've made about his life, isn't it? That Obviously, they're trying to promote. So um, I would say that a lot of this is basically just for publicity purposes. However... You're right, um, Wayne Rooney did have a sort of drink problem in the early part of his career, but I think that's possibly because Wayne Rooney came in to start playing, which uh, right at the end of when the drinking culture in football, it was it still existed, didn't it? Um, and it doesn't these days, but I think Wayne Rooney is sort of like old school in that sense. That he came in to start playing when there was still a drinking culture involved. I mean, he's a working class lad, isn't he, from Liverpool? He... he who just happens to be an extremely good footballer and yeah he got sucked in with all this money they used to go and visit ladies of night as you say i think he had a penchant for elder elderly women didn't he um extremely elderly women but again that was his own business i suppose but the studs thing i was quite surprised that that's actually that he would admit to that but um yeah apparently when they played chelsea i think there were three matches to go and if if Man didn't get a result, then Chelsea would have won the title, which I think Chelsea did win the title in 2006. But um, Wayne Rooney put extra-long studs on. They were legal studs, they were legal size, but they weren't the ones that he normally would wear. And apparently he put them on especially to try and injure Frank Lampard. Uh, no, sorry, John Terry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if it was that match, but he did. John Terry and Wayne Rooney had um, a grudge against each other for some reason and um, Wayne Rooney deliberately put these studs on in order to try and um, do um, some damage to the other player, which is not something that you'd really be proud of, is it, Vince? It's something that you should really not mention. But but, but
0: exactly, look, I I think anybody who tries to make out that they've never done anything wrong in their life is misguided because we've all made mistakes. We've all done things we would prefer not to have done. But I think in this day and age of the internet and the immediacy of people um, taking something out of context and putting it against somebody, um, you know, I'm surprised that that one has not been something that somebody should have advised him to keep quiet.
1: Um, Well, the FA FA apparently, Vince, the FA now that this has come um, to light, the FA are going to look into it. So maybe he should have kept his mouth shut. we don't know what's going to happen when the fa look into it but it is quite a serious thing to admit to isn't it even though it's sort of like now 15 or 16 years after the event um so he, he has been contacted by the fa and i think they're going to pull him in and ask him to explain exactly what he did mm. um so it might have consequences for him we'll just have to wait and see
0: well exactly and when you say the drinking culture is, has changed I, you're right this has changed But there is still um, something, there's an undercurrent of silliness and bad behaviour which goes uh, alongside drugs uh, and maybe, when I say drugs, you can have your liquid drugs and then you can have your other drugs. Um, But, I mean, you've got people that at the moment, Mason Greenwood has got to be one, uh, Dembele for Manchester City is another, who basically are not really doing the best thing for, A, themselves and, B, their clubs. And certainly for football, in a general sense, um, when you see a story about a footballer on the monies that they're all making um, assaulting uh, whatever is the girlfriend or you know, think in Greenwood's case I think it's a a student I mean, look, we do know that there have been people that have been accused and then not been uh, guilty at the end of it Um, uh, Dembele is uh, out on bail apparently but apparently there are now six women that reckoned that um, he's been the perpetrator of a rape. Now, you know, when all said and done, it, 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 if you look at these uh, players, they, they do earn that much money that you've got question marks that will come straight away as to whether the uh, accusations are valid. But I think the minute the sponsors step in, I think that's when you start seeing an alarm bell and you see that probably we're just waiting for the verdict to come up. And... But the bad thing is that, you know, it's trial by media. They, they, they're not really are going to get a fair trial because we've all probably read these things and we've probably all reacted in, in a similar way to what I've described. You know, the same as with the cat. We didn't actually see Tiddles getting kicked or whatever, but we do know that that's not acceptable behavior. So that's the problem, isn't it? You know, a lot of this hearsay gets straight straight into the papers, and before you know where you are, um, it's a trial by media, isn't it?
1: Oh, it does seem to be these days, doesn't it, Vince? I think in the case of Dembele and Mason Greenwood, that is in the hands of the courts, isn't it? Um, So, personally, I'd like to reserve judgment on it myself. Until there is a court case, and then we'll find out. Because obviously the judicial system will review everything, look at all the potential evidence, and then possibly a jury will have to make a decision. But um, yeah, it is trial by media because everybody immediately thinks, as soon as this comes out, that, he, that the players are guilty. And don't forget, um,
0: don't don't forget, running alongside of this is the likes of Prince Andrew. So it, it's it's endemic in society. And unfortunately, until people start thinking differently, um, then we're going to be talking about things like this, probably for all the time that we make these podcasts. I think it's just basically, you know, we you spoke about a, a drinking culture change. We've got to have a culture change as far as behavior. Um, I mean, I think that's part of this reset. And I think it's a part of the reset that I don't think that many people would object to because realistically, Young men have got to respect women. They've got to. There's, there's the, but but then again, if they don't respect themselves, as the song from the Staple Singers goes, you know, if you don't respect yourself, why would other people want to respect you? That's the problem, isn't it?
1: Well, yes, it is. It is one of the problems. But um, I say they, these days, I thought that the younger players were they well, not exactly counselling, but they they were given advice on how they should. Um, behave and um, what they should do with their money also um, how they should invest it and things like that but it appears that it hasn't worked with uh, quite a few players and they just basically go out and do what they want don't they Um, and it brings a bad name on football in general and other footballers the majority vast majority of professional footballers um, as they always have been I would say are just um, guys who like to they're good at football they enjoy playing football they can make a living at it but they work hard they train hard I mean the the training regimes these days are extremely strict aren't they Yeah. and the few rotten apples isn't it it's always the same like the supporters the fans you get a few rotten apples make, it look, make every fan look bad and you get a few um, leery f- football players who do things that um, are unacceptable basically and it makes the whole of the professional football world look bad. Um, I would say the vast majority of players are, are down-to-earth, decent people. OK, Rob, shuffle your papers. I hope they are.
0: <laughs> Well, I'm pretty sure they are. Um, shuffle your papers. It's time for Rob's La Liga. La Liga Roundup with Rob Daniels. So we're also going to include uh, Copa de Reyes, which is like the FA Cup uh, here in Spain. Over to you, Rob.
1: Right, Vince. Yes, well, um, La Copa del Rey, as you say, it's the Spanish equivalent of the FA Cup. It's nowhere near as prestigious worldwide, but it is um, an important cup in, in Spain, at least. And last night we had the first semi-final. It was uh, Ray Vallecano against Real Betis and it was 1-2 to Betis at the end of the match. Tonight, we've got Athletic Bilbao against Valencia. Um, They're playing at half-past nine, and this is going to be a two-leg match. The other other rounds so far have only been one leg, um, extra time, and then penalties are necessary, but this is going to be two legs. So we've got the return match, Valencia-Athletic, on the 2nd of March, and Betis-Raebecan on the 3rd of March. Now, the winner of the uh, Copa del Rey, Gets a place in the Europa League if they have not already achieved a place in the Europa League through their league position. So um, it, it's to play for a European place basically. I mean, Valencia are not going to get one um, through through the league position. So um, it's there's a there's a Europe Europe place up for grabs. So uh, it should be quite interesting to see how that works out. And in La Liga, it's pretty much the same as the last time we spoke, actually, Vince. But um, it's 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 still interesting. We've got 23 matches played. The majority of teams have played 23. We've got Real Madrid on 53 points and then Sevilla, um, six points behind on 47. Then we've got Betis, who are also in the, semi, the um, semi-final the semi of the Cup, on 40, Barcelona, Atletico, Madrid. And it looks like the race is basically between um, Real Madrid and Sevilla, with Real Madrid having the Great advantage of six points difference. The local team to where I live, Elche, they actually won at the weekend and now they're in 14th position. They are 12 points away from a relegation position, so fingers crossed they won't get involved in the relegation battle. It will be not a miracle, but it'll be really good if they manage to keep up for the season. Um, so, yeah, so it's all to look forward to.
0: It's Talking Football with Rob Daniels and Vince Tracy. Talking Football. Okay, Rob, now then, uh, we've got lots of things to actually go over because last weekend was an absolute feast of sport. Um, Just as we're going to look at the FA Cup... And pick out some of the highlight games. We've also got Premier League games from this week before we get to the predictions. So, last weekend, uh, I had to get up to watch Liverpool at uh, the dinner time uh, kickoff against Cardiff. Uh, then we had England playing Scotland in the rugby, and Italy were playing France, um, where basically all the players with uh, bloodied bodies were busy trying to kid the. Uh, uh, the referees that they weren't injured, whereas with the football, they were all leaping down and trying to uh, show themselves to be mortally wounded when nobody touched them. Anyway, let's go to the um, let's go to the football first. And there was some smashing games. Um, we saw, first of all, Manchester United on the Friday night against Middlesbrough. And believe it or believe it not, um, Manchester United are out of the FA Cup. Wonderful result from Middlesbrough. Did you see that one, Rob?
1: I, di- I didn't see it live, Vince, but um, I-, I saw uh, uh, the uh, highlights, and it was extended highlights as well, because it was a very interesting match, wasn't it? It ended up one-all at the end of extra time. Um, Manu went in front initially, but then uh, Middlesbrough got one back. Extra time wasn't really anything special. But... Um, Middlesbrough actually won it on penalties 7-8, which means that Middlesbrough go through to the next round and Man U were out of the cup. Now, Middlesbrough took almost 10,000 travelling supporters. Um, as you know, uh, Middlesbrough is one of these uh, traditional teams. Really, they've got a lot of support where they actually come from. And nearly 10,000 of them went over to watch it. Um, Rashford missed another sitter in the uh, first half, which could have won it for Man U. But um, it was a young lad called Anthony Alanga, Who's a manu teenager, he hit the ball right over the bar when it was his turn to take a penalty, it went it went into outer space. And yeah, Middlesbrough went through and that really set us up for a good weekend, didn't it?
0: It did. Very, very sadly, Ilanga's had a lot of racial abuse after this. Um, Oh, no. Well, well, you see, it's going to happen. I I don't even think it matters too much that he happens to just be a black player. I think if he was a white player, he'd get the abuse because basically football fans are like that.
1: Um, He'd get get abuse, Vince, but it wouldn't be racial abuse. I I didn't realise that. Well, abuse is abuse
0: uh, and uh, sometimes it's being used to further the cause of this Division And quite frankly, it's not nice to abuse anybody. It doesn't matter what your colour is. So um, Mm. let's go next to another exciting game. And it was Kidderminster from, I think they're the National League. And they were playing West Ham United. Well, West Ham United went one down. And it was only the last minute of ordinary time that they got their score back to 1-1. And it was only the last minute of the extra time that they made it 2-1. They were absolutely fortunate to win that one. Uh, well done, Kidderminster, and any of your fans who just might uh, listen to our podcast. I thought they were fantastic. Did you see that one?
1: I did, Vince. I, I watched that one live, actually, and uh, what a fantastic match it was. Um, sixth tier, Kidderminster Harriers in-, in the sixth tier of football. It's called the National League North. There are 113 places difference between uh, Kidderminster Harriers and West Ham. Kidderminster went in front, as you said, and it looked like they were going to win it, didn't it? Because they played really well. They, hold, they held their own. They were a match for West Ham, I would say, completely, um, especially in the first 90 minutes. It was basically 11 against 11, which it should be, shouldn't it? it should, um, West Ham didn't se- seem to have any sort of... Um, show any kind of advantage over the uh, non-league side. But Declan Rice got a goal in in 90 plus one. So it's ex- time added on after f- um, full time, after 90 minutes. It went to extra time and it really looked like it was going to go to penalties, didn't it? But then uh, Jared Bowen got one in, in 120 plus one, which is one minute into the added on time after extra time. So they're so unfortunate, Kidderminster kid the Harriers. They should go away with their heads held high, really, because, and I think they I think they have done, their centre-half, a guy called Matt Preston, was uh, given the Man of the Match award, even though his team lost, because everybody had a lot of respect for them. It, it was an unfortunate result, but West Ham are through to the next round.
0: Yeah. OK, well, look, we haven't got enough time to go through all the ties. I've got to say quickly, well done, Nottingham Forest, putting Leicester out 4-1. That was soured by the fact that one of the fans ran onto the pitch... And attacked the, um, the uh, Forest players. And uh, he's been banned for life from any Leicester games. That was bad. Uh, then Cardiff played Liverpool... I think our goalkeeper was very lucky to stay on the pitch and uh, quite frankly, um, uh, you know, uh, had he gone off, that might have changed the game. However, uh, it was great to see Harvey Elliott, who had got a terrible, terrible uh, injury at the beginning of the uh, season when a naughty Leeds player uh, caused the injury. And, um, obviously, um, it was great to see him score a goal to Anfield on his return. Wonderful. OK, look, Rob, um, I don't like to jump too quickly, but I think because we're going to the Premier League this uh, week, I think we should look at the games. They'll be fresh in our minds. Then we can do the predictions after that. So, um, first of all, Newcastle 3, Everton 1. Great win for Newcastle. I think they really did see Everton off. I thought with Frank Lampard's influence, Everton would be quite a, a, a tough game for them. But I thought uh, some of the flair shown by uh, Newcastle United was really good. So, uh, your comments on that one?
1: Yes, I I think Newcastle actually showed that they can play um, decently now. The, Eddie Howe has been there for a couple of months now, I think, hasn't he? Since they changed hands. He, he managed to buy some players in the transfer window um, and Newcastle are now out of a relegation position. The first time since um, before Christmas, I think it is. And Frank Lampard's just taken over Everton. Everton, uh, more or less in the relegation battle, aren't they? So, um, yeah, I think it was a good win for uh, Newcastle. Kieran Trippier, um, the ex-Atletico Madrid player, an England player, he got his first goal for Newcastle um, to make it 3-1. But, yeah, I think Newcastle deserved the win.
0: Okay, we go next to West Ham. Uh, The visitors were Watford, so it's a big London derby, of course. And Roy Hodgson, uh, his job, of course, is to shore up the defence. Now, we've got players coming back for Watford from the Africa Cup of Nations, and uh, I think they'll start scoring goals again. But um, a a, a number of times I've heard comments from people um, talking about... Um, Roy Hodgson's work and the fact that he does tidy up at the back. West Ham found that a bit difficult. They just managed a 1-0 win. So, um, what about that one?
1: Yeah, well, um, Watford are not in a good position at the moment, are they? They're second from bottom. Um, Old Roy Hodgson has been brought in out of retirement. I'm surprised he actually took the job on, but he does like a challenge and it's good to see him back on the... uh, Back on the side of the sideline again, isn't it? But um, yeah, only one goal in it. Um, West Ham one, Watford nil. And the goal was by Jared Bowen, who seems to be uh, on target a lot these days. But it's going to be an uphill struggle for uh, Old Wyon Watford, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Okay, then we go to Burnley next. Now, anybody going to Burnley during the night time? Uh, freezing cold up there in the northwest of the of england um the visitors manchester united i've got to say they're looking inept at the moment and i don't know what rangnick is trying to do but i mean realistically to have somebody like cristiano ronaldo and not play him is only going to make him annoyed um and quite, quite frankly the team is not gelling. so he, he he he's not getting the best out of the players what what do you think
1: well, no, I don't know what his uh, project is either there. I mean, he's a, he's only the manager until the end of the season and um, by his contract anyway. But um, he was brought in to try and shake things up, wasn't he? He doesn't seem to be able to do anything. As, as you say, leaving Cristiano on the bench for the first part of the match, um, Cristiano is not going to be happy with that at all. Um, it was one-all at the end of the match. I would say that Nick Pope, the uh, Burnley goalkeeper, is a really good goalkeeper. He's he's good, consistent goal stopper. And um, he's actually played for England, even though Burnley were in the relegation position uh, most of last season and are also in the relegation fight at the moment. In fact, they're bottom, but they've got two games in hand. Um, the goalkeeper, Nick Pope, is well worth watching. He managed to keep Mania out time after time after time. 1 well at the end of the night.
0: Yeah. OK, we go next to uh, business as usual. Just another day at the office for Man City. Brentford were the visitors and, um, yeah, I think that most people would have predicted Man City to win this one. Although, 2-0, it doesn't really suggest that it was all always going to be that easy. What do you think?
1: Well, no, I mean, Man, Man City got the points in the- at the end of the day, Vince, which is what matters. And um, they don't need to score four, five or six goals every match, do they? They, they didn't seem to... They, they they played better than Brentford, obviously, and they and they won the match, but they didn't seem to really go out. Uh, Brentford didn't put up much of a fight, shall we say. And I think when Man, he, Man City got to uh, 2-0, they more or less rested on their laurels and left it at 2-0. If Brentford had got one back, I think City could have knocked two or three more in quite easily. OK. Now, other
0: exciting games last night. I was talking to a Crystal Palace fan earlier in the day. I suggested that it was going to be a difficult tie going to Norwich. Um, I did think Norwich might have even shaded this one. But in actual fact, it was Norwich 1, Crystal Palace 2. Looked a good game as well.
1: Uh, Yeah, I didn't actually see that game, Vince. I just saw the result. Um, But um, Norwich with um, Dean Smith in charge. They have sort of turned a corner, haven't they? They're in a relegation position again at the moment. But the relegation battle is really hot enough, isn't it? Um, I wouldn't like to guess who, which which three are going to go down out of a possible five or possibly even six or seven. Um, Lee's been included in that mix. But, um, yeah, um, Wilfried Zaha scored. Um, he, he, and then he two minutes later after he'd scored... He made a real hash of a penalty he completely missed the target. I don't know if you saw that. I saw it on the it uh, terrible, wasn't it? on the news actually afterwards. Mm-hmm. He, he, he 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 hit it really badly. He slipped before he hit the ball mm-hmm. and it missed the, it missed the goal by about 2 or 3 meters to the left hand side of the uh, goalpost. He was laughing about it himself but uh, um yeah so yeah um a good well run of the Mill matches is they another day at the office for them.
0: Yeah. Okay, then we go to um, two exciting games last night. The first one, Spurs were hosting Southampton. Um, I thought this would end up as a draw, but Southampton on the road are quite a proposition. It was Spurs 2, Southampton 3.
1: Yes, now that was a surprising result, wasn't it, really? Um, Especially five goals in a midweek match. Um, But um, Southampton... Look extremely disciplined, don't they? And that Spurs, their defence seemed completely disorganised in comparison to um, what Southampton were doing. Um, so, yeah, it, again, a surprise result, but um, it's goals that count and Southampton get the points. Spurs are not happy about it. Um, Conti was not happy about it at all afterwards because Spurs are still trying to get a European place aren't they
0: they are Okay, and then we go to a a game that will warm the cockles of your heart Leeds took the lead and the visitors uh, they were to Aston Villa Aston Villa then managed to stick three in it was 3-1 at half time out came uh, your team again, and I don't know whether or not they'd been at the orange juice, but something had happened. Um, t- 3-3, you must have been on the edge of your seat all night. What did you think of the game?
1: I thought it was a fantastic game, actually, Vince, and I think it was a fair result at the end of the uh, night. I was hoping, as all Leeds supporters were, I was hoping for a fourth goal from Leeds, and all of the Villa supporters will have been hoping for a fourth goal from Villa. Um, but it didn't happen. It ended up 3-3. Six matches in a midweek night. And Leeds came back, um, as you say, for the 3-1 down. And it was Leeds' 4,000th league game, actually, throughout throughout the history of Leeds. And um, it was a fantastic match. It, it, from a neutral's point of view, if anybody was watching it, it was a complete neutral. I think everybody would have enjoyed it. Um, and it was good to see Coutinho, actually. He scored, he scored one for Villa. And then he set up Jacob Ramsey twice for the other two Villa goals. Um, so he seems to have settled in OK there. Daniel James for Leeds. He seems to be taking over the uh, Patrick Bamford role. He managed to get two in. So, um, yeah, a fantastic match. Uh, it's a pity that we didn't win, but um, I'll say 3-3. Three, three, what what more can you say? A brilliant match, six goals.
0: Well, there is something else I can say, which is basically what a ridiculous way to get yourself sent off. This was one of the... Oh, accidental- yes,
1: yeah. Tell us about oh. that one. Well, uh, it's called Ezra Conte. Um, he's a Villa player, and he already had a red, uh, yellow card from a previous incident in the match. Now, right towards the end of the match, um, there was only a couple of minutes left. He got sent off because he needlessly elbowed um, the Leeds goalkeeper Mellier in the face after a minor sort of incident. There wasn't even a, there wasn't even an incident involved. But as Melier picked up the ball, this Ezra running past him deliberately elbowed him in the face. It wasn't very hard, but it was definitely um, a An deliberate elbow. elbow. There's yeah. no doubt about that. What a stupid red card. Obviously, he made the, made the most of it. He went down like he'd been floored by Mike Tyson or something. But it was a deliberate elbow. What a stupid thing to do. Yeah. Twelve minutes
0: to go. Twelve games to predict. Liverpool host Leicester tonight. What do you think will happen at this particular event? Leicester, of course, just been knocked out by Nottingham Forest from the FA Cup. They will be wounded. Liverpool will be up for the game because, obviously, they've got to keep winning. As we know, Manchester City won last night. What do you think?
1: Right, well, as you say, Leicester got knocked out. I watched that match, actually, the Cup match, Leicester against Nottingham Forest. Nottingham Forest beat them 4 1. But this one, Liverpool have got to win, haven't they? Um, I'm not sure mathematically, but people are all saying Liverpool have got to win every match to be in with a chance. So I've got it down as a 3 1 to Liverpool. Okay.
0: I've put down a 2 1. Um, Not confident because obviously, uh, you know, all the. It's just a weird sort of time of the year. Wolves. Great defensive record. Arsenal. They haven't won for ages. Um, I think Wolves can win this one 2 1.
1: I've got it down as a 1 hole draw, actually, Vince. But um, yes, Wolves are looking strong in Arsenal. Yeah, they haven't, they haven't won. That seems to have won for ages, do they? But uh, I've got it down as a 1 hole
0: Okay, now then, we go to the Saturday games. The first game, uh, well, I, the first game on my list, we put it that way. Manchester United are playing Southampton. Now, we know Southampton on the road can be really tricky. So I'm going to put this down as a Manchester United 2, Southampton 3.
1: I think they'll do it again away from home. Um, I've actually got it down as a 2-all draw, but um, it'd, be, it'd be nice to see Southampton do it again away from home, wouldn't it? But uh, I've got it down as a 2-all.
0: OK. Uh, we go to Brentford, who are... They look a little bit like they're in freefall at the moment. The visitors are Crystal Palace. I really can't see Crystal Palace losing this one. I'm going to go Brentford 2, Palace 3.
1: Ah, big score again. Um, I've actually got it down as a 1-2 to Palace. But yeah... I think Brentford, um, although they had a brilliant start to the season, they do seem to be in free fall. And if they aren't careful, they're going to end up in the relegation battle. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't see Palace losing this either, Vince.
0: OK, we go to Goodison Park, where Everton, uh, they are hosting a team from the other side of the Pennines, Leeds United. Uh, Frank Lampard's got a lot of work to do with the defence. I can see this one being a draw. We'll go for 2-2.
1: Right, I'm going to go for 1-3 um, to Leeds, Vince, actually. And that isn't just because I'm a Leeds supporter. Yes, it is. It's because, because th- I saw how Leeds played last night against Villa and if they can do that again against a team that are on the ropes like Everton. Everton are actually below us now in, in, in the Premier League. Yeah. And Frank Lampard has got a lot of work on. So if Leeds can play like they did last night, I'll put it down as a 1-3. But you never know with Leeds. They, they always play the same way. Everton could have us. <laughs> You're absolutely yeah. so right. So you've got, you've got it down as a draw, have you, Vince?
0: I've got it down as a 2-2 two, two draw. Okay. Watford, uh, with Roy Hodgson busy shoring up the back are playing Brighton. Brighton, when they play football at the moment, it's delightful to watch. I think this will be Watford 1, Brighton 3.
1: Right. I think Brighton will win this as well. I've only got it down as a... I've got it down as a 0-2, actually, to Brighton. Um, but... Yeah, Watford are struggling, aren't they? And uh, Old Roy has only been there for a couple of matches now, I think. So if he's going to do something, he, he might be able to do something before the end of the season, but I think it's too early, yeah.
0: Okay, Norwich and, of course, Dean Smith is now making them look like a reasonably strong defensive outfit, but they host Man City. Man City, oh dear... They do look good when they start playing their football. I'm going for Norwich 1, Man City 3.
1: Right. Um, as you say, Norwich have picked up now Dean Smith there, so I don't think it'll be a hammering. If, if we'd have mentioned this match maybe two months ago, I'd have put it down as something like 0-4 or 0-5. Um, the way it is at the moment, I'd put it down, Yeah, I'd put it down as a 1-3 myself. Possibly a 1 4, but a 1 3, I'll go for.
0: Okay, with Pucky, of course, the guy that's probably going to score. Um,
1: Yeah, but he also misses quite a few as well, so uh, he he, he is probably their best player, isn't he? Especially up front, but um, he'll he'll get the one goal, he'll probably miss a couple of sitters as well.
0: Yeah. Okay, Liverpool have the task of going up to Burnley. Not a nice place to go if it's the evening. The afternoon, you've got more of a chance, so. I think we should well we've got to we've got to shade this one 2-1 on.
1: well again as I mentioned previously when we spoke about the match tonight Liverpool are playing I'm not sure about the mathematics but every every media outlet at least says that you've got to win every match to be in with a chance of taking the title off City so I think it'll be uh, Burnley 1 Liverpool 3
0: ok um, right we go next to Newcastle And uh, now, whether I've got this right or not, I've got Newcastle versus Villa. But, of course, Villa... Yeah, okay. Newcastle... If that is the fixture, then I think uh, Villa will shade it 2-1.
1: Yeah, well, this is a Sunday afternoon fixture, Vince, so um, there is enough time, if you like, um, the the time they give between matches from Villa playing Leeds last night until um, Sunday. So, yes, now... um, I think I'm going to give this to Newcastle, you know, Vince, because with Eddie Howe there and also with the new signings, and it seems to have rejuvenated quite a lot of the players who were already there, like Alan St. Maximum, for example. He's not so much on his own now. He's got other decent players around him. So I think I'll go for this for a 2-1 to um, Newcastle.
0: Okay, I I can see that, by the way. It could go either way. Um, Maximum. I, I love watching him play. Really good. Spurs. Yeah, it's
1: fantastic. And, it, and if if they manage to stay up, then they'll be able to attract possibly some um, some better players, if you like. If they go down to the Championship, then uh, it, it basically it all rides on that, doesn't it? I think I'd say for Newcastle.
0: Yeah. Um, don't forget, they've always got camel racing up the sleeve, anyway. So it's. Uh,
1: I, I'd go and see camel racing, Rich. you know. I would. <laughs> I think I think it'd be hilarious to go and watch. <laughs>
0: Well, my our, my son John was a camel. Uh, he, he used to take people out on camels um, uh, when he was working in Lanzarote. So you know, <laughs> we have it in the family. We've um, yeah, got it
1: in the family. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Spurs. They entertain wolves. We've already mentioned wolves are very hard to break down. I can see this being one-one.
1: Yeah, I've got it down as a draw as well, Vince. I've actually got it down as two-all, but. Um... Yes, Spurs are not on the boil at the moment, are they? And um, (coughs) as you say, Wolves, I really enjoy watching them play. And um, they're in with an outside chance of a European play still, but I'll put it down as a a 2-0.
0: OK. Right, so we finish with Leicester play West Ham. Now, depending on what Leicester do at Anfield... Um, Brendan Rodgers is talking, they were talking in the press about the board giving him the back-in, which is like the kiss of death. Um, I still think he's a good manager. They've had a lot of injuries there. So I think really, um, sadly, I can't really see them beating West Ham. I think it'll be 1-2.
1: Yeah, I've got it down as a 1-2 as well, actually, Vince, because um, as you say, Leicester... Um, they've got injury problems and things, but they had a good start to the season. They were right up there at the beginning, weren't they? But now they're in the second half, the 12th. They're only three points ahead of Leeds, um, who had a really bad start to the season. So, uh, And West Ham are wanting to get into the Champions League, aren't they? So I've got it down as a 1-2 as well.
0: OK, uh, just in passing, we'll mention that Boreham Wood is in the next round of the FA Cup. Uh, which has got to be congratulated and uh, they're flying the flag for the, the for the little boys at the moment aren't they
1: yes um boring i think is the only um not well the only club off from that from that st- stage of the pyramid at least that have actually got this far isn't it so um yeah good luck to them and let's uh, hope they they, yeah, they have a good match in the next round
0: Okay, your gift for the day, 30 seconds coming your way. I know that there's something you want to talk about. Can you remember what it was?
1: Well, I was just going to mention briefly that the Champions League is back um, next week, Vince, before we do the next podcast. They're splitting it up into two different days. Um, But next week, on Tuesday, the 15th, we've got Paris Saint-Germain Real Madrid. Um, At the same time, we've got uh, Sporting Lisbon against Man Man City. On the Wednesday, we've got Salzburg against Bayern Munich. And on the um, Wednesday, we've got Inter Milan against Liverpool. So uh, Mm. that should be interesting. The following week, the other teams play. But yeah, we've got Champions League next week as well.
0: Well, I don't know about you. I do feel there is sometimes just a little bit too much football. Throw in the home uh, um, you know the rugby and I'm afraid I'm just out of the game for the weekend Rob
1: I, I really I really enjoyed the rugby too Vince but uh, so we don't have time to talk about that do we <laughs>
0: we don't Rob thanks very much indeed for your company Um, obviously nice to be back on uh, with you and um, stay safe have a good week and we'll talk this time next
1: week my pleasure always Vince
0: thanks very much Rob cheers Talking football with Rob Daniels and Vince Tracy. Talking football.